in life. Sometimes we just need the truth. In a world of relativity, in a world that questions absolutes, this is the podcast of Naked Truth. Honesty, aletheia, bringing you the naked truth every time you tune in to listen. Full of questions and answers, looking at culture, hot topic issues, and how we do church in today's culture. Make sure to tune in every new episode to get your questions answered. We won't flub on the truth. We'll keep it real. Tuck in and get ready for this episode of the Aletheia Collective. Oh yeah! Hello and welcome back to the Aletheia Collective. This is your host, Marv Nelson. And I have one of my good friends in ministry, David M.J. Harday, with me. He graduated from Geneva College. He has been a youth pastor for several years uh, in in our district at uh, Western Pennsylvania. He's a CMA boy, Christian and Missionary Alliance. He's got the uh, the heart blood of A.B. Simpson flowing through his beard. And uh, I just love this guy. He is now currently uh, a, a speaker extraordinaire. And one of the most important things, the reason why he's on the show today, is because he is an amazing artist. He has done so much of my artwork. Uh, he has developed life merch and uh, hardy wear, and he's been developing clothes and art probably since he came out of the womb. <clears throat> and uh, just love this guy. Glad to have him on board. David, welcome to Aletheia Collective. Marv, it is great to be on your podcast. I am I'm stoked. We've done a few of these together, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We like to talk. We are uh, our pastors after all. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> part of part of the gig, right? That's right. That's right. So, uh Dave, we brought you on today cuz we were talking about art and the church. Um, you know, Art has actually been a part of church history for a really long time. You look at all the the old churches that around the globe, and they have tons of art from you know guys like Leonardo and Michelangelo, uh, all the way up to modern artists now. And you know, it, art art is an important part of, I, I would say, everything. And not a lot of people understand the connection of art and why it would be important for church. So you know, my first question for you. You know, is why is art so important to the church? Why would you say art is important to the church? Absolutely. So image is very important. So creating images, things that we can look at, um, obviously one of the senses uh, that we you know are able to see. So um, the image is massively important to, to encapsulate both what is seen and then what is unseen. So art can convey ideas, art can mm. convey principles, art can convey a snapshot of the culture at the time. Art can do even more than just um, the empirical, what you can see, uh, smell, taste, touch, all of those things. Uh, there's a transcendence to art and an, almost an immortality to art that lends itself uh, heavily to the spiritual realm and uh, ideas. And so um, with, with all of that uh, through, throughout history, you know, the church was the greatest patron of the arts for thousands of years. Uh, mm -hmm. Some of the greatest art ever created was created uh, 
for the church or you know by the church ultimately they funded the artists and so uh, it, it was it was to give um, credence to the teachings to give shape and form to the principles um, and those sorts of things don't forget that for thousands of years uh, scripture was inaccessible to the masses uh, mm-hmm. so th- so what they were seeing uh, what was created for them these were in essence, the lessons. Uh, these were the the devices that they were able to use to be able to recount the stories. Uh, many of the stories that they they only knew through picture. And uh, isn't that true even today um, with the arts? Yeah, yeah. I my buddy Reed Verdesoto, mm-hmm. he has some of those those early church tablets actually of art. That were, I think he said that they were metal tablets that they would use as stamps so they would put them all around the church so people could know the entire story of creation until yep. uh, the, the second coming of Christ. And it was all pictorial, yep. you know, and <clears throat> we talk about learning styles today a lot in, in preaching and teaching because, you know, we were looking at how the church has functioned and how the church is moving to function and one of the constant discussions is that most people are not just auditory learners anymore. Mm-hmm. That, you know, most people now are visual learners and they need, there's kinetic learners, people who need to touch something, who need to shape something. Uh, and, and so some churches have tried to utilize that through PowerPoint and through, you know, notes pages where they're actually writing it. <clears throat> you have to excuse me if I, my voice is a little bit rattly today. <laughs> But, you know, there's this this sense of of needing to connect the message on multiple avenues. And so, you know, like you said, art does that. And, you know, I appreciate what you do and, and how you do that. You know, when, when you think about uh, for you as an artist, I know this isn't one of the, the prefabbed questions, but when you think of art as an artist, uh, do you think when you think about the scriptures in connection with that? Do you generally think of the Bible visually? Yes. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and I, I think that that lends itself to my upbringing. Um, I, my parents uh, saw quite a bit of artistic talent in me from a young age. Um, I wasn't good, but I enjoyed it. And so they wanted to cultivate that. But they bought me all sorts of um, picture Bibles and things along those lines. And I had a very, very, very vivid, uh, fantastic picture Bible when I was younger that, um, I, I, you know, day when I think of different characters, different books, different ideas, I go back to that picture Bible, which is absolutely nuts. You know what I mean? Mm. I was probably four, you know what I mean? When I first started, uh, yeah. you know, even in, in, even before you can read, because I, you know, that's the thing I would interact with this with these images and I would be able to recount the stories prior to even being able to pronounce the names. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it was very, very important for me. So image images have always been incredibly important and cultivated in my life. Yeah. And, and I would say, even if you're not a visual learner, you, you can connect to image to story really easily. Yeah. You know, and you, you see the story played out in front of you. Now there's a, there's a really funny website. I don't know if you've heard of it called BrickTestament.com. I'm not. Oh, the that? Lego, the Lego yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where they they build the stories from the scriptures via Lego, mm-hmm. and and you look at it and you're like, wow, that story really is in the Bible. I've never visualized it quite that way, but that's the way it would look. Oh, <laughs> uh, some of them are great when they're they're like so, 
you know, they're so violent, you know what yeah. I mean? With the Legos, you're like, oh my goodness, they're cutting off heads. You know what I mean? And it's just so hilarious. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. Oh, man, and the, the stories that they choose to tell with that. Well, yeah. so so with art, uh, as, we, as we're looking at where we're at now with storytelling, the importance of, of visual aids, because everything's online now, which mm-hmm. the majority of what we see is done pictorially. We mm-hmm. see it in video, we see it in, in images, and those things flash before our, our eyes very quickly, and that's how we get storytelling. You know, yep. we, when you look at uh, clickbait on, on Facebook or Instagram, they want you to go see it. They use a picture to draw you in, you know, and they have this really audacious headline that then you're like, okay, I'm going to go read that and understand that. Mm-hmm. So with where we're at now with access to uh, our phones and computers and, and everything that we have access to visually, would you say that art is more important now than ever? Why yes. Or why not? Well, because uh, absolutely. So the visual medium um, is massively important. Look, look at memes today. Um, I mean, some of my students in youth ministry, they could have entire conversations with each other just by posting memes. Uh, and they would just scroll through memes and laugh and all of those things. Uh, so memes are images that uh, convey either story, joke, um, ironic political statement, all sorts of different stuff. They're usually very, you know, they were created very crassly and quickly. Um, but they're about getting things out there. Uh, sometimes there's deep truths uh, that you can even glean from those, which is really intriguing. Um, but they're everywhere. They're all over the place. It's the stuff, you know, and we're all very visual. The people who are on Facebook, you know, Instagram. Instagram's blown up, and that platform is so, um, so almost unique, really. That it's just it's just pictures, yeah, but everybody loves it. What'd you say? It's image based. Yeah. And they and people are eating it up. They love it. They're able to interact with those pictures. And what do they say? A picture, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's just it, there's there's so much there, and we love it. We're we're addicted to image to some degree. Um, that's it. It tells story, and we as human beings, we love story. Um, when somebody starts to tell a story, you lean in and you say, okay. You know, what, what am I going to hear? What funny thing? What interesting thing? What even terrible thing am I going to hear? You want to know the truth that they are trying to convey with that story. So images now are incredibly important because they're so accessible. You know, a uh, hundred years ago, when people were in, you know, uh, factories and different things like that all day, they weren't interacting with magical little uh, devices that were in their pocket that they could scroll through literally thousands of images in uh, you know a few minutes they were not interacting with that now they are be it good or bad the uh, mm-hmm. images are massively important today now you had said something earlier about how the entire scripture because most people were illiterate was defined through image you know we talked about the tattoos and and the um, you know like the the metal stamp plates that would tell the story so, so I'm intrigued to think, you know, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I asked the question because the only way the, the word was understood back then was through imagery, through images and through art, through song, because there's more than just, uh, you know, drawings and images to art. 
So, I mean, would you say, I guess, you know, my thought is that it's just as important back then, but you can, again, you can, you're the artist. I'm not, I, I write words. I guess I can be an artist through what I write and storytell, mm -hmm. you know, but, um, would you say with that in mind, do you think it, it might just be as important as the middle ages or that time uh, as it is now, or because things have shifted so greatly to image based for our entire culture, would you still stand by the fact that you think it's more important? Wow, that's that's a fantastic question. Um, I would say that on a macro level, now it's even more important um, because I think that we our language is so image based. Like, think about it on Facebook, we can post GIF. You know, you can have an entire conversation with somebody. You can have an entire interaction that is based solely on gifts where you're understanding the, um, the, the, the inside jokes, the subtleties, those sorts yeah. of things. Um, that it's just so ingrained in our culture. Whereas for them, it was more of a, uh, almost a sacred thing. Um, some of them were definitely viewed as sacred, you know, mm -hmm. and so they were, they were not as easily accessible. And I know we have written word and the written word is obviously very important. However, I will also say in this day and age, we may have more literacy, but we probably have uh, quite a bit of people who don't read, you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, yeah. that, you know, or, or very rarely read. And so, uh, I think you're able to connect to a certain group of people through image that you probably aren't able to connect with via a, a theology book or even or anything, you know, um, that has to do with taking the time to sit down and plow through, you know, an hour and a half of chapter books. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, I mean, and, and the reality is, is that the printed word has consistently uh, gone down in usage <clears throat> you know some publishers have had to close their doors just because people are not reading books anymore and they were too slow to get to the online ebook uh, image-based platform you know that that we now utilize <clears throat> people want access to something in their hand digitally but also you know I, I wrote the book Unleash and they said the book has to be 132 pages and so they gave me a specific word count that I had to hit. And I said, well, why in the world can't I just everything I have? It's so good. Right. I mean, of course, we all think it's so good. But they, they had said it has to be short. It has to be sweet. It has to be the to the point. Otherwise, people won't read it. They're going to pick up this thick book. And the people you're trying to speak to, which are young adult ministers, they're not going to take the time to read a 400-page book, a 300-page book. Now, that's not true for everyone. You and I, I think, would be categorized as geeks, and we like to read. Yeah. And theological reading for us is kind of fun. Um, you know, so we, we get geeked out by that kind of stuff. But the majority of people, just that's not who they are. Um, so, I, you know, I definitely uh, agree with you on that. Well, you know, another thing I was thinking of as we were talking about, art is not just drawing and image-based. There's video, you know, there's dance, there's singing. There, I mean, there is poetry and there is writing and things like that that goes into art. H how do those other mediums of art interact with the church? And why do we, as the church, need to begin speaking to the artists again? Oh, 
Fantastic question. Excellent question. So are your online presence, your social media, um, you know, repertoire is so massively important for organizations. Um, all organizations. It doesn't matter church or not businesses. You know, I'm a small business. Um, and it's just so important for you to be creating content. What is almost all content you could create? It's art. It, it represents mm -hmm. your brand. It represents your purpose. So uh, the best the best visual arts are the ones that are going to get the most interaction. Uh, if you do some amazing video work, I mean, right now as a as, you know in business, you cannot you cannot put your product out there without great video, not just good mm -hmm. video, great video, like, vid you know, videographers right now is the, is this time in history is up until now, the greatest point ever for videographers um, mm -hmm. and video artists, because everybody, everybody is consuming video more than ever before. And it's so mm -hmm. important. And, and like, you know, uh, all the high resolution stuff and the lighting and all that has become even more of an art form because it speaks to us. And if people see a video that does not speak to them uh, from an aesthetic perspective, uh, they're just going to, they're going to, they're not going to click on it. They're not going to stay. They're not going to whatever. Now I know there's a bunch of like goofy stuff and I know the viral stuff, you know, people, you know, uh, and goats and, you know, <laughs> making weird noises and all that, that gets, you know, the weird goofy, you know, clickbait stuff. But, yeah. but seriously, some of the stuff you see shared all over the place, stuff that's making the most impact is the well done artistic video stuff uh, that, and, and a lot of churches get it and they're doing mm -hmm. that and they're, they're functioning in that realm and looking to connect with the most people. The the internet has become uh, the marketplace, okay? So uh, when Paul would go and he would go seek out, um, you know, a gathering of Jewish believers, you know, in a, a synagogue or wherever, or he would go into the marketplace, that's what the internet is for us today. That's the gathering mm -hmm. place. That's, that's the virtual place. If you are not competing there, or creating content there or putting yourself out there, you, you might as well not exist to, yeah. you know, a massive group of your potential followers. Yeah. Several of the people that have come to our church in the last two years, they have said that they checked out our website, yep. read, read our content about our doctrinal beliefs and listened to the messages. And they yep. said, because we did that, we were solid in understanding we could come to this church yeah, uh, you know, it, it's true. One I, one of the things I will say is that there are some churches that don't get it and they put out video content with like 80s music and really bad lighting and really terribly done, you know, art. And what that tells the world is they are irrelevant, even though they're trying. They're they're not there. It's almost yep. like w would you agree with this? It's almost like churches that can't do it well or do it right. Shouldn't just just shouldn't do it at all. Yeah, and that's what we say with a lot. Like, so, uh, you know, I have a background in marketing, and sometimes it's better not to show everything <laughs> if it's not that good, right? Let people's imaginations fill in the rest. Because, and, and sometimes, yeah, if, if, if it's going to be bad, if it's, if you're going to be playing unironic 80s music, then it's, <laughs> you know, you can lean into that and, you know, try to capture a uh, time period. But if you if you're doing if you if you are unaware here here's one thing in ministry now and I will state this 
you might get mad at me, but there's one thing you cannot uh, afford to be, and that is naive. Okay, mm-hmm. you cannot afford in this day and age to be naive. There's other things that maybe you can't afford to be, but to be unknowing, to be ignorant, um, you're gonna get eaten alive. And yeah. so, and like Marv, listen, I have seen your website, I have seen your social media stuff, I've seen you know stuff you're putting out there. It is good. And that's why you're you're opening the door to having a larger conversation with people and developing relationship. But that relationship, uh, that relationship actually started earlier on your website and yeah. on your social media and all those things. Um, you are, for lack of a better term, you're being judged before the people get in there on what type of church you are. And when you are not uh if we're not leaning in to the resources that you have available to you technologically and then socially you will be passed up uh Mm -hmm. it's just it's just the reality of it you will be passed up and you will miss out on relationship and you don't have to be the coolest person alive you know mark you're pretty cool but you're 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 definitely not the coolest person alive right i'm no damn bull you're no Dan Bull, and none of us are. We all try to be, but we're no Dan Bull. That's but here's right. the deal: you're you are you're you are accessible. You are you know you're relevant, and you're putting yourself out there in a tactful manner. And guess what? You are reaping the benefit of that. I've seen that. I I follow you. I'm a fan. You're doing well with it, and I I desperately wish more of our churches would do that. Yeah. I, I think that a lot of the guys, like you said, there's there's this sense of naivety that uh, they don't realize the shift that's happened. And <clears throat> one of the things that I think is important for you and me as we get older is that we don't stay away from the pulse of what's going on. Lifelong learners, right? Yeah, I mean, we're seeing we're seeing people who've stepped away from the the pulse of of what's happening around them, and rather than trying to engage it. They just they just bemoan it. Oh, look at where our culture's going. I can't believe I'm not touching this thing with a ten foot pole. Jesus, just come now. You know, and it's like you can't you can't interact with the world that way. You know, and one of the things that you had said and, and I'll hit this you know, quickly because I have a couple other questions for you. But um, you know, you talked about how you can have an entire you know, kids today, students today can have an entire conversation with memes. I've also uncovered uh, as a youth pastor many years ago, that students can have an entire text conversation with emojis. Yep. yep. And, you know, parents have no idea what these kids are saying with these emojis. And that's part of the reason why they do it. Emojis are just image-based, uh, you know, pictures that describe something or explain something. But even then, you know, the, the youth culture has taken those images and made them mean something completely different. Um you know, and, and most of it is pretty disgusting with how they've changed what those emojis mean. And, and so parents, parents need to be, you know, relevant and not naive. You know, when they go into their their students phone and they're like, oh, they're just, you know, sending pictures to one another. There's like, what are 40... all these vegetables that they're sending back and forth? <laughs> yeah. uh, why is there an eggplant right there? Right. There's eggplants everywhere. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And if you don't know, those of you who are listening, what an eggplant means in emoji, just go to UrbanDictionary.com and type in 
and type in what does eggplant mean. And those of you who have been in youth ministry, you're probably chuckling right now because you know exactly what it means. Um, but it's important that we stay relevant and not naive in several different things. Um, you know, so uh, my, my next question for you is how have you seen art impact your ministry? I mean, you are... You know, I you were talking me up, but really you're way cooler than me because you have so much going for you as a speaker, as an artist. You have your own clothing line. Uh, you know, there's so many different things that you're in charge of, and and art has been at the epicenter of almost everything that you do. So, how have you seen art impact your ministry? Absolutely. So, what more impact can I have? Uh, on the world than to figure out a way to convince thousands of people to walk around with my images, things that I have created on their chests. Mm-hmm. Seriously, you're, they're wearing it for the entire world to see. Um, I always, I, so I make t-shirts primarily. I, I was a uh, graphic designer slash screen printer at a screen printing shop through college. And I figured out the power of the t-shirt. Uh, and why it was so important, why so many people were getting into it um, and conveying messages and what I, you are, you know, for, for good or ill, the t-shirt that you wear says quite a bit about you. And it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's massively important. Everybody's seeing it. And so uh, with a lot of the ministries that I have been uh, a part of, and even now on like the national level, uh, it is incredibly important to be able to create uh, great images uh, for the clothing that we wear because there's uh, an expectation that you're going to have some type of image on your t-shirt. Now, not everybody does. Like my friend Jimmy Donnarumma, he wears black t-shirts. That's pretty all much all he wears. Time. I totally get that. You all know Jimmy, time. right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I worked with Jimmy several times many years ago in the Metro District. Right, right. He he wears black t-shirts and that's that's it. Nothing different. Okay, that's cool. And there's not that many of those guys out there, but there's some of those guys. But for the rest of us, we're wearing stuff with some type of image, some type of logo, some type of thing. And it doesn't have to, you, know, you might say, oh, what does the Nike logo say about me? It says a lot. It, mm-hmm. you know, it says a lot about your worldview, your beliefs, not that, I mean, you know, it can say all sorts of different things. And I'm not trying to put you in a box, but all of that stuff says something. And so uh, w- when I figured out that the, the better images, the more intriguing images, the more tactful, subtle images that I could put on t-shirts and, you know, clothing that people would love to wear. They're taking, they're proudly wearing, uh, say for like what, what I work with now, the Alliance youth brand, uh, we've mm-hmm. exploded like that, you know, go ask Dan Bull. He's a national youth director. Um, it has had massive impact on our, uh, ministry because we we're putting thousands of pieces of clothing into culture you know people are wearing it and it is a it it signifies uh, our belief system our in essence our tribe who we belong to Mm -hmm. um it also uh shows the value that we put on uh being you know uh, being tactful and relevant and even you know uh, speaking the language uh that people speak of image and so when somebody's wearing a really cool t-shirt that bears the Alliance Youth logo or even Worldview, they, they're able to put that, they're, they're able to say, okay, what is this? They ask some questions. They find out more about the brand. And then what, you know, the brand is just a set of ideals. Well, what are the ideals? What are the belief systems of Alliance Youth? You know, uh, John Stumbo, when he met with me, so he's the president of our denomination, John yeah. Stumbo met with me uh, directly following the, or, or actually during the life conference. 
And he told me one of the best things he told me, you know, he said, I love that all of these kids we had, you know, whatever it was, 5,000 kids at life. He said, I love the fact that these kids are able to get this good clothing, this well-done clothing, and that they're they're proud to wear it. They're going to take yeah. it home, and their friends are going to ask them, hey, what is that? What's that mean? And they're able to tell them, I was at this youth conference, and all these awesome things happened. I made these decisions. You know, I'm, maybe I'm going to go be a missionary. I'm going to be a pastor. I'm going to, uh, not just those things. I'm going to live for Jesus, you know, as a business owner. I'm going to do all these, whatever decisions they made. They're able to recount that to their friends. It's an opportunity for conversation um, relationship. Relationships are incredibly important, but you're interacting with that person across from you with the image that you wear on your t-shirt or on your hat or even on your shoes or somewhere. Yeah. So it's, it's really cool. So that's been the biggest win for me. The other big win, uh, I do a lot of stuff for churches. Uh, so I do, uh, like logo redesign because let me tell you my goal in life, my goal in life is that no church should ever have have to have a terrible logo, right? Mm. Can I get an amen, Mark? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, because I have seen so <laughs> many terrible, horrible, reprehensible logos that they convey quite a bit about your church to people already. There's there's a, there's a better way to communicate. And so mm -hmm. I'm able to help some churches out. And it's been really cool. It's been great to see. Um, you know, we walk through the process, get the branding on point, and we're able to take care of that. And that goes on not only their t-shirts, but all the stuff, the website, the social media, yeah. everything, it's a unified image. And that's that and when we when we're able to speak that language, it's great. We're not selling out to the world. We are just able to communicate in a more clear fashion right. through image. Right. I mean, because it, like you said, it even has missions implications where they, they yes. ask questions about the imagery. And that's where we teach our students first Peter three fifteen, right? Always have an answer, be prepared. Yes. To, to answer the questions that are asked of you and that you know images can be provocative they can draw in questions and you can have an opportunity to have discussions about you know certain topics and you know <clears throat> you made me laugh because you said the word subtle images i've seen some of your images that are not subtle <laughs> uh, like <clears throat> yeti smash is probably my favorite one uh that is not subtle but you have to have a whole uh you know breadth and width to your images but, well, uh, I'll tell you what. I love I love drawing big, crazy, awesome things. Like I, you, you know, there's do. some of the some of the drawings I do. You know, I spend forty hours on some of them. It's insane. But not everybody wants to wear wear a giant, you know, yeti on the front of their chest. <laughs> so, True. Uh, so I try to make stuff for everybody. You know, and I think that's what we all do, right? Like, like you can't please everybody, but you to some degree. Uh, you can make things accessible for most yeah. people. You know what I mean? And so I, I try to do that. And as an artist, one of the things I pride myself on is being able to do uh, quite a different look, you know, looks and styles and things. So I can, I'm not a one trick pony. You know what I mean? Right. I, mean I want to be able to do uh, all of the things, you know, man, man, I, I cut my teeth on making cheer designs for, uh, you know, like cheer squads, you know, I am yeah. the most, not feminine dude ever you know what i mean True. but i had True. to get good at that yeah well you had said something about logos and, and i do have i just have one other question for you but i wanted to yeah. kind of touch on this as as a pastor of a church who uh you know i did change our church logo i changed mm -hmm. it alongside of our website change because our website was terrible <clears throat> it was definitely irrelevant it was hard mm -hmm. to navigate it was very un understandable 
And, um, you know, I got a little bit of flack after nobody cared about the website. You know, they're like, oh, that's great. You know, the, the folks that would have a problem that it was it was totally fine. You could put that image there. But <clears throat> excuse me, we had a, the old CMA logo. Well, the current CMA logo <laughs> on on our church building. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I took some folks that were in our church that were not CMA. And I said, what what do you think that means? And they couldn't tell. They nope. couldn't understand what it was. And that's why, you know, I look at our CMA logo and I wish we'd go back to the 1897 one that you're that you're redeveloping and redesigning because it makes sense. There's mm-hmm. there's in the middle. It has our name CMA and then it has the cross, the uh, the laver, the mm-hmm. the pitcher and the crown, which <clears throat> you can see those separated out and right. say that means something. But anyways, so I I did get a little bit of flack for that, but our logo is clean. It's good. It works. It speaks a message. And and so I just wanted to take that time to fully agree with you on that. So we're going to switch a gear for the last question. And the last question is outside of art. What would you say is the biggest issue facing the church today? Now, I know we're talking about art and church but I got such a great wise mind in front of me who knows more than just art. So and you go all around now speaking to different teen camps in, in different parts of America. Um, so outside of art, what would you say is the biggest issue facing the church today? Absolutely. Uh, it becomes the question of thus saith the Lord. Um, it becomes a question of identity. Uh, so the two, the two temptations, the two biggest temptations we know from Satan uh, so in Genesis, when Satan said, did God really say, so did God really say this? That's that's our one question. And the second one that, G, that he poses to Jesus um, in the desert. And he said, if you are who you say you are, if you are the son of God, if you are the Messiah, if you are the chosen one, um, if you are the Christ, then do this. And so he, you know, he cast out on what God says, and then he cast out identity and so the church right now face the, the big question the biggest issue is uh did god really say that hmm. uh and that reverberates throughout all you know all uh, you know that big question that big issue is being asked all over our culture uh there's this the this dare i say loss of trust um in yeah. in the validity of scripture uh, in the inerrancy of scripture and in, in ultimately our story, it's just all over the place and we're seeing it. I mean, we are seeing I, I, more than I'm 36 years old, but in my lifetime, I have never seen more Christian celebrities recanting their faith, uh, on a, on a national platform. So like, yeah. I mean, on social media and it's getting millions of interactions from people all over the place, but we're seeing it. We're seeing, I mean, just a few weeks ago, tubers, uh, you know, Rhett and Link from Ear Biscuits. Uh, now they had been, they said they hadn't been following Christ for a while, but they yeah. released two podcasts that absolutely reverberated throughout all social media and whatnot um, about them leaving their faith. Uh, they, yeah. they once were campus pastors and now they uh, they have completely turned their backs on Christ. Um, you have the Joshua Harris situation oh, where he's recanted. You're going to see 
see this more and more and more, but ultimately what happens is it, it's a disbelief in the, did God really say that? Uh, can yeah. I trust what's, uh, what, you know, can I trust the word of God? Uh, can yeah. I trust the church? You know, so I think it's, it, it's a massive trust issue. And as a culture, uh, we've lost our trust in ultimately much of the Christian faith um, in, a, in a very wide sense. And so it's very difficult. Yeah. Um, it's a very difficult question that the church has to answer. And we have to answer it through relationship. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And, and I think that, you know, if, if I'm honest, I would say that the church is the one, the way in which they were living antithetical to the scriptures. Uh, I, I think the hypocrisy and the judgmentalism and the lack of love uh, that the church has displayed since the 50s and 60s to now has caused first the distrust in the church, then the distrust in Christianity. And I think now we're seeing the reaping of the benefits, the distrust in God and the scriptures itself. Yeah. Now, there's been there's been liberal theology that has gone on for years and years and years before the 50s and the 60s. But it, it's hitting its stride, like you said, in this sense of did God really say? I really appreciate how you said that because, you know, the, the, the scripture is being questioned. You know, th did God really say that you can't uh, interact with homosexual sin? Did God say that you cannot have uh, homosexual marriage? Did God say all these different things? And And there is so much that's going on where you can— bend and twist the scriptures to say what you want it to say. But like with, in Joshua Harris's case, he's like, I just don't believe it's true anymore. Um, right. You know, which is strange because he has written so many books. One was, you know, the case for faith almost with, with his, his book. I can't remember the name of it. I should, I have it on my, <clears throat> on my bookshelf, but yeah, it's, I, I, I would agree with you because, and one of the things that I, I will add in my thought process is another reason why this is taken off is because of the relativity that we have in our in our specific uh culture because if if there's relativity i can pick and choose what i want and then my personal desires won't be stepped on you know i know a guy who walked away from christianity because he felt it was too oppressive to his sexuality. And that wasn't because he's homosexual. That's because he just wanted to sleep with whoever he wanted to sleep with and felt like he should be allowed to do that without feeling guilty uh, because of what the scripture says. God created him a sexual being, he said. So I'm just going to have sex. And I thought, wow, mm. you, you're choosing to say that the scripture is wrong because you want to do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, yeah, so I I, I really uh, appreciate that answer and fully agree with you. Are there any last minute thoughts you'd like to share uh, with the folks listening to the Aletheia Collective right now on art and the church? Uh, God is the ultimate creator. Uh, you know, and he, we are his artistic expression. We are his masterpiece. We are his handiwork, Ephesians 2.10. Uh, and so that is that is one of the attributes of God is that he is creative. And I think that uh, we are we're able to emulate him in a very good way when we are then creative. If you were if you were given those gifts and some of you might be saying I wasn't given those gifts now, not necessarily in art, 
but use those gifts, those creative gifts, ultimately to further the kingdom. Um, we and, and in doing that, you are being Christ-like. You are mm. ultimately uh, following the things of God. Mm. Yeah, being an artist in the church is not only okay, it's needed. Mm-hmm. Amen. You know? And, you know, one of the things, as you were saying, that God is the ultimate creator, I thought of Genesis, you know, where he, we are made in the image of God. Talk about image-based, right? right. We, are, we are the image mm-hmm. of God to the world. Well, Dave, I really appreciate your time. Uh, I thank you for your wisdom and uh, really, really appreciate all that you brought to this podcast. Well, that's all we have for today on the Alethea Collective. Thanks for signing in and checking us out. That was Dave Hardy, uh, one of my good friends from the Christian and Missionary Alliance, an artist himself, a speaker extraordinaire, and a youth pastor as well. So tune in for our next episode of Alethea Collective. And we look forward to connecting with you then.